Our first lesson is from Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. O Lord, have mercy on us. The second lesson is from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. All of us know if you've ever heard the same story, the same uh, event being described by two different people, the accounts that they're giving you are often going to differ slightly. Okay, sometimes it's the details that they provide. One person might go into minute details about some aspect of the story which interests him or comes from his unique vantage point. Other times people might just give the same events but maybe mix up the chronology a little bit and other times they might use a different way to start telling the story, a different way to begin it. Well, you see this principle at work in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of our Lord with his life and especially including his birth. Luke's Gospel is very familiar to us this time of year. Those of us, all of us here, who've grown up in the church know it almost by heart just from hearing it over and over again, that chapter 2 account of our Lord's Nativity. Matthew, of course, is similar to Luke. It also talks about Jesus being born, but has a slightly different focus, giving it more from the father Joseph, or the adopted father, rather, Joseph's perspective, and speaking more of Nazareth and Herod and the things like that. Well, now Mark, you might recall, for those of you who are really paying attention, well, Mark skips all that. He just jumps right in. He must have been in a hurry. His gospel begins with Jesus' ministry right off the bat. But John, well, John, the fourth gospel, he breaks the mold from the other three altogether. Whereas Mark skips the narrative, or Matthew and Luke give the narrative of Jesus' birth, John's route is completely different. For the beginning of his gospel, he dives right in talking about theology, the study of God, the doctrine of God. But what seems to be, in John's gospel, just a little different, a little poetic, or even kind of heady if you're reading it and thinking about it, it's just John doing the same thing that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are doing, proclaiming Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And it is that proclamation, specifically his drawn-out bird's-eye view of the nativity, that we are going to look at in the coming Wednesdays during the Advent season. It's not without accident that John begins with what I think you could maybe fairly kind of call a bait and switch. In English, you hear the first three English words of John's gospel, and your mind jumps immediately elsewhere. In the beginning, if 
you're like me, you hear those words, and your first thought is Genesis, the first book of the Old Testament, the first book of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. Now, when John begins his gospel that way, in the beginning, he's not lazily plagiarizing Moses in Genesis. And neither is John doing this. He's not being formulaic, right? He's not doing like the thing where we say, once upon a time. It's just like how you start a story, in the beginning. That's not what he's doing either. Of course not. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit, after all. But more than that, John picks these words in the beginning to start his gospel in a deliberate, specific, intentional way. Genesis records the account of the world's creation. Inspired by God, Moses tells us, we have the account. What happened? And when did it happen? And at the very beginning, we know there was nothing except for God himself. The uncreated being, omnipotent, omniscient, without beginning or end. And that God created everything that we see and that we know. All things visible and invisible, as we say in the creed. The visible is obvious. He created the earth itself, the heavenly beings, water, land, plants, animals, and of course, people. And the invisible, we know that too from the catechism. He created angels. He created language, something that's invisible. He created logic and reason, the laws of physics. God created these things. God did. And you know the twist already. From day one, when he began creating things, he did it this way, by his word. The cosmos, the cosmos didn't only not exist before he created it, but he spoke it into existence. He commanded, and it was. The refrain in Genesis 1 that we hear over and over again is these words, let there be, let there be light, let there be plants, let there be animals, let us make man. That the word of God created all things is what we learn chiefly and centrally, I hope, in Genesis chapter 1. God, by his powerful word, made. And John, centuries, millennia later, wants his audience to understand in no uncertain terms, Jesus Christ was and is that word of God. See, where Matthew and Luke tell how Christmas happened, giving us just the historical details of an, this year when Quirinius was governor of Syria and so on and so forth, John in his gospel is telling us what actually happened in a cosmic, broad picture, meta-narrative way. The word by which all things were made took on flesh and dwelt among us. That word said, before the sun and the moon lit up the sky, let there be light. That word entered the world as light to men. Darkness is fleeting, we know, whenever light appears. You have a dark room and you light a flashlight, a lamp, a candle. Just It scatters the darkness. Darkness can't help but to run away when that light is lit. And the darkness of sin and death in this world vanished at the light of Christ and his first advent into this world, born to vanquish those things. 
That is the beginning of John's gospel, and it is the true underlying message of this Christmas and, of course, every Christmas. Jesus Christ came into this dark, fallen creation to spread the light of a new creation, a dawn of a new creation in him. Better and far brighter than any Christmas lights, even that house on South 3rd Street that we drive by every other week during Advent and Christmas because it's a lot of fun. No, he's brighter than that. He shines still, even now. The word which proclaims his life, his love, and his salvation radiates itself from the pages of Scripture, which makes us wise into salvation, and that word glows in the hearts of men who have been believed it in its promise and hoped in its message. So, let's now listen to the nativity message of John in the coming weeks. Let us listen to the one who tells us about the creating word of God, and in this dark season, and in, yes, this dark world, let us Christians be illuminated by him. Amen.